fucking weird. I recorded probably 10 minutes worth of audio and then it disappeared. <sighs> well, time to repeat myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I call in the pharmacy and I tell them, look, when I first, this, I've been prescribed this shit on and off in my life. This year I got back on it orange at times I think for, actually for the majority of the time they were pinky orange and what I've been getting now the past two times I've gotten them have been white been white pills why is this and then I said they also don't feel like the same you know what I mean like they're not I don't feel like they have the same effect so to speak and he's then the farm tech guy's like, alright, let me transfer you over to the pharmacist. So I go to the pharmacist, or I get transferred over to the pharmacist. I re-explain the story, and he says, he goes into the file and he says, You were actually being prescribed 0.5s. So initially you were like you were supposed to take two milligrams, but they had broken it down into 0.5s. And then I thought, then it clicked. This is a matter of tolerance too, right? Like, I've built up a certain amount of tolerance towards this shit that I'm not, it's not a mind-blowing feeling experience, you know? Hence why I always say, this shit ain't fun. I don't see how people can abuse this recreationally. It's because it's not supposed to be. Because that's not how it, well, this particular uh, benzo doesn't. Now, Xanax, you know, Valium, Diazepam, the other ones, you know, Atizolam, and all these different ones, they may have that effect, but this does not. This is more of a functional thing. You take it, you forget about it, you go about your life, and your anxiety goes away, kind of thing. So when he told me that, I was like, all right. up the phone and I said to myself this is the same thing as a Wellbutrin right like for several weeks it was like wake up take them still buzzing from the day before and then buzzing the whole day as I take them that day having this weird buzzing, jittering, the weird feeling, all of that. But then eventually it stopped. Eventually, your body gets used to it. And then you can function throughout life as a normal person. This is, to me, a very key part of Operation Mend the Mind from the standpoint of medicine, you know what I'm saying? Um, from a pharmaceutical standpoint, it's like people will drop out of things and people will stop taking meds. Like Cerebral, I stopped taking it. Why? Because it, well, it also made me put on weight, but it was more like a, a ravenous eating 
it wasn't so connected to like, oh, I sit down eight hours a day and eat and then go home and lie down. It was more like I'm always lying down. I'm always eating pizza and bullshit and drinking. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, in this particular phase, what I'm liking is that now that meds are normalizing themselves you know I can go about my life it's like your life gets put a bit on hold in a way uh, how, how can I put this you're going let's say you're you get you get you, it's like a diversion you go you, you're going from point A to point B but then you go you veer off into this like other area Maybe there's like, I don't know, there's a good view of the fucking valley, or there's like, you know, there's emus, or <laughs> there's like, you know, there's like emus and like, I don't know, like, um, you know, all kinds of weird shit have happening over there. You know, there's those lights that they saw in Queens, like, <laughs> that's all happening. As you're driving from point A to point B, that's happening off to the side. So you go off to the side, and you keep, and you're you're distracted by all this different stimuli. And then it's time to continue on to point B. But you're kind of like, oh, I want to watch the lights from Queens and the emus. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of what I feel with the meds. It's like I found what appears to be something that's working for now. There's nothing major going on. There's no health scare. Um, I don't think I'm depressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't feel it, so I guess I'm not. I wake up looking forward to seizing the day. Even though it's freezing, I'm about, I'm about to leave the house and go out. You know, I'm looking forward to, to, to tomorrow. I'm looking forward to the... I'm actually looking forward to, like the final days of my contract just to see how that goes I'm looking forward to all this shit you know and that's kind of what isn't that what life is about looking forward to the next thing like could you imagine dreading like I, I like I read I like to read accounts of people who hate their jobs and it's like fuck man I've been there too and I get it but to think that you're going to spend that much time in your life hating something. Like, like, whether you need the bills or not, man, that's a lot of hatred to be harboring. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to pop up in other ways. You're going to take it out on somebody, your friends, your kids, your wife, all because you were bottling up. Or not even bottling up. You're over-communicating your anger. You know? Like, goddamn, like I was, you know, I was, I was listening to somebody talk about how um, someone in the building that I work with, they're like, man, I miss retail. And, but right now they're in like a position of real authority. Like, they're not, I don't even know, I don't even know who would be higher than this person. Like, to me, they're the highest level. 
So, like, I deal with them with the highest person that I deal with. So, um, to hear them say that, because it's less headache, you don't take work home, you don't fucking, you know, have all the headache of all the bullshit that when it goes wrong, you just do your tasks and go home. Same thing with uh, when I was, I've said, I've talked about this before. When I got, like, all chatty with my little, my uh, dental hygienist, asking her about it. He said, do you ever want to be an orthodontist? She's like, hell no. Like, it's too much headache. You know what I mean? Like, the amount of, like, extra bullshit that goes into having to be an orthodontist. Owning your own practice is not worth it when you can just live your life and be, you know, make a decent salary or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it makes sense. There's other things you want to do with your life rather than be handcuffed to your fucking stack of papers. You know what I mean? Um, so that's something to, to think about for me anyway. Maybe it'll strike a chord with somebody. I'm going to extend the recording. Hold up. I think some people know exactly what they want out of their experience. Some people know... They know their living expenses are to a point where they know how much money they need to make and then there's all the other like you know benefits retirement fund and all of these conventional things but just straight up what do people want do they want the headache of running the the dental practice or do they just want to do the job get paid quite a bit and then go do life and enjoy themselves you know what's that saying live to work no it's the other way around it's the other way around work to live not live to work now there's some people who love what they do like I feel like social workers and can fall in that category I feel anybody can fall in that category Whenever your whenever your role involves helping people, that tends to be where you don't you don't necessarily blur the lines between work and home. Like you think about it at home. How can you if you see some crazy shit at work or you see a wild story or you see a, a violent confrontation at work? How do you just forget about that when you go home? Some people can. I've had to do that. Actually, let me extend it. I'm going to extend the recording again to finish off with this last story. Sorts. So, I'll try and keep it short. Um, Tried to hire somebody during the fundraising campaign. Their shifts got fucked up. And I get into this kind of like, there's this verbal, it's like, we're getting pretty snappy with each other on the phone. And then I realized, all right, but there was something in her, you could tell in her voice, it was more than just, she was pissed off at not getting a shift. There was something else there. Long story short, I call her back. I I reorganized the schedule a bit. 
make room for her for the shifts that she thought she had because she had booked some shifts back in like months ago. But time goes on and you know can't be clinging to twitch to a to, to the promise of the shift. So anyway, I'm like, all right, here. We fixed it for you. Some of these locations aren't the greatest, but they work within your time frame. And they're like, okay, she's like, okay, cool. And she's like, yeah, I just, well, you know, she, she, came with, she came with this song story. Basically, she was, um, I, like, I could sense an accent in her voice. And I guess she moved from the U.S. to Canada, and she was broke. And the shelter helped her out a lot with clothes and food and so on. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. She's like, I just wanted to help. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I know. I couldn't. I couldn't. I could. I had to empathize, but I couldn't. Like, you know, what's the word? There was a line that I couldn't cross in my empathizing you know what i mean i don't know anyway so i hung up that phone it's i sat with that for a while it kind of was got into my head a bit and keep in mind this whole thing was actually two days so me calling this person back to tell them that okay you can have these different shifts i had actually been thinking about this shit for like the day that i from the the moment i got off work the day before to when i sorted it out that's what I mean. Like bringing it home, thinking about it at home, thinking about this shit at home, thinking about. And this this person isn't even the like the per the person who we're trying to raise the money for it. Well, I guess maybe at one point she was, but <laughs> currently she's paid. She's a paid employee, and the focus is to raise money for the people that's really on the street, right? But yet I'm internalizing the sob story of the employee. And I guess that's good in a way because I would hope that my employer, my employers have for the most part been, except for call centers, but my, my employers have for the most part been sympathetic or empathetic to like health issues. Like I've definitely, there's a couple, like when I was withdrawing, there's one day I'm like, I got to go to the ER. Like I can't come in. He was like, all right. Another day I'm like, I'm going to come in half. Like I'm going to come in probably between 11 and 1 and this is when like I had to refill my Wellbutrin like I, I didn't take it that morning and I had run out the day before but I hadn't even bothered to I didn't, like I didn't want to go I didn't want to get off work and have to go all the way to that pharmacy because the Wellbutrin is in a totally different pharmacy than the shoppers so I have to go to this other pharmacy anyway I'm like yeah I'm gonna come in half day he's like yeah sure I get in and people are like Oh, we thought you weren't coming. Like, we were told you weren't coming today. And I'm like, no, I said I was coming in between 11 and 1. Like, you know what I mean? Anyway, these are things you have to... Um, what the fuck am I talking about? Give me one second. Okay, I remember now. <laughs> it was hoping that your employer would understand that there's health issues that there's sometimes there's mental health thing, issues that need to be addressed and, you know people need time off outside of you know whatever or 
people get sick or whatever. It's just being understanding, right? So all that to say, you can't like even if somebody's being combative on the phone, you don't really know what the fuel is behind that combative fire. There's something else going on that you're not hearing. Like I said, I could pick it up. I could pick up in her voice. Because keep in mind, we're speaking to people on the phone all day well. Half of the day, three quarters of the day, it's phone calls. Um, not so much in a call center fashion, but it has that kind of element to your calling people. And, you know, people complain. And there's you get, you get used to people's whining and complaining and bitching and moaning. But something about this person's voice was different than a lot of the other people that were complaining so that's why you know i had to you know call back and you the story i just told basically so anyway have a good night folks i'm gonna lie down here i think the food coma hasn't totally left i think i need a little moment to uh gather myself all right peace